press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, November 8. Australia's university bosses are pushing for international students to be given access to internships and employment opportunities within the National Defence Force. They also want humanities to be on par with STEM qualifications when it comes to hiring and training new recruits. The strategic review submission by Universities Australia says the nation's 36 tertiary education providers are uniquely placed to help the Defence Force meet its future workforce challenges. The site of a deadly helicopter crash in the remote Northern Territory was left unsecured for several days after the incident took place. The Australian has also revealed today that Territory Police didn't attend the site where 34-year-old wrangler Chris Wilson died. It's raised questions over how the investigation into the incident was handled. We'll have more on that later in the episode. The war chess of six teal candidates was doubled in the lead-up to the May election thanks to wealthy backers pushing for action on climate change. Member for Wentworth, Allegra Spender, fared best, raising almost $2 million from 662 donors, while five of the six teal independents backed by the Climate 200 group received more than $1 million apiece. That's first up. Election returns published yesterday revealed teal candidates and independents were backed by some of Australia's wealthiest people in the lead-up to the federal election in May. Jess Malcolm is a political reporter in The Australian's Canberra Bureau and she joins me now. Jess, you crunched the numbers on these election returns all day yesterday, but let's start at the beginning. What are election returns and why are we hearing about them as Parliament winds down for the year? So election returns are a requirement under the Commonwealth Electoral Act in a bid to increase transparency and inform the public about the financial dealings of political parties, candidates and others involved in the electoral process. All political parties and candidates must disclose any donation that is more than $14,500 and they have to lodge the claim by October, so a few months after the May election. And then that is subsequently made public in a bid to increase transparency. So with that in mind, who gave money and who got it? Well, it's very interesting this year because we have obviously seen a landslide towards new independent candidates who have all been backed by this businessman named Simon Holmes Accord and the organisation which he convenes named Climate 200. Now, Climate 200 was the biggest donor to teal candidates such as Allegra Spender and Zoe Daniel and Kylie Tink. Allegra Spender has launched her campaign to win the federal seat of Wentworth. Another Liberal to lose their seat to a Teal candidate is Trent Zimmerman in North Sydney. And it's now the seat of an independent, Kylie Tink. What we have achieved here is extraordinary. Safe Liberal seat, two-term incumbent, independent. The organisation donated nearly $6 million to independent candidates and the May election, effectively doubling their war chests. Simon Holmes Court matched dollar for dollar every donation that was given to these teal independent candidates, which meant that these independent candidates garnered around $10.2 million 
in their election war chess at the May election. What can you tell me about the impact of that report? Well, I think it's really interesting because if you look at the register of donations that have been made, the top six candidates who declared the highest number of donations were all successful at the May election. And if you look further down the register, then you can see some of those teal Climate 200 backed candidates who did not raise as much money were not successful. So I think there's a pretty clear correlation between the money or the the backing that they had in this crowdfunded support to help them win in May. I think the really crucial point to make is that these relatively unknown candidates before the election campaign were able to successfully unseat some of the most well-known figures in the Liberal Party, including the then-treasurer Josh Frydenberg, Jason Falinski, Trent Zimmerman, Dave Sharma in Wentworth. These figures in the Liberal Party had held their seats for a very long time and were simultaneously all unseated by this Teal cohort. Jess Malcolm is a political reporter in The Australian's Canberra Bureau. Coming up, questions linger over how a devastating crash in the remote Northern Territory was handled. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. In February of this year, a mission to collect crocodile eggs in a remote part of West Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory went horribly wrong when a helicopter crashed near the King River. One man, 34-year-old wrangler Chris Wilson, was killed in the crash and pilot Sebastian Robinson was seriously injured. Now, it's been revealed that Northern Territory Police never attended the site of the crash and the scene was left unsecured for days after. Kristen Shorten is an investigative journalist with The Australian and she joins me now. Kristen, you've been following this story closely for some months now. It's a really tangled web. Can you give me a rundown of what's happened and where we're at now? Definitely, Kristen. So on February 28 this year, which was the last day of Darwin's wet season, three helicopters went up and they went out to West Arnhem Land on a crocodile egg collection mission. Now, crocodile egg collecting in the Northern Territory occurs during the wet season. It's the hottest and most humid wet time of the year. But within a very short period of time, this egg collecting mission has turned to tragedy. So what we know from the Australian Transport Safety Bureau's preliminary report is that at about 7am, these three choppers, each with two people on board, a pilot and another person who is referred to as the sling person because they dangle from a sling below the chopper to collect the crocodile eggs. They departed from Noonamah at about 7am. They flew for about 90 minutes to a fuel drum site 
And then they departed from there at about 8.30 and tracked to the King River staging area. And so at about 9am, two choppers left that area to commence collecting eggs about 12 kilometres from there. But Chris Wilson, who is a cast member on the reality TV show Outback Wrangler. It's a bit like Mad Max. It's fast and furious. Him and his pilot, Sebastian Robinson, they plan to start their egg collection at a nest nearby so that two other choppers flew off. Now, about an hour or so later, the other choppers realised they hadn't heard from Wilson or Robinson for quite a while, in fact, since departing that staging area. So one of the pilots, Michael Burbage, returned to look for them. And just after 10.30, he located the wreckage of their chopper in a paper bark swamp. Wilson, who was his best mate, was found deceased about 40 metres prior to the main wreckage. And Sebastian Robinson, the 28-year-old pilot, he was seriously injured. What happened then is Mr Burbage called for help. The Australian has since revealed some of the events that happened in quick succession after that. We've revealed that a senior Northern Territory cop, Neil Mellon, jumped in a chopper with Outback Wrangler star Matt Wright and Darwin publican Mick Burns, who owns the crocodile egg harvesting business, and they all immediately flew out to the scene. Northern Territory Police was also notified, and at about half past 12, a care flight chopper arrived and airlifted Mr Robinson to a hospital. Police and care flight workers were sent to remote West Arnhem Land yesterday morning after reports of a helicopter crash on the King River west of Manangrida. It's an area known for its crocodile population, You've reported in The Australian today that we have more clarity around who did and didn't attend the site following the crash on February 28. Tell me about that. Northern Territory Police says that they dispatched their nearest officers from Goulburn Island to attend the location, which was several hours away by boat. But what we've revealed today in The Australian is that those officers never actually arrived at the scene. The Australian Transport Safety Bureau investigators, they were dispatched to the Northern Territory to investigate the crash. However, it is understood that they didn't arrive at the scene either until days later. So what this has exposed is a large gap in the chain of custody of the chopper and a potential crime scene which was left unsecured for days. So was this just a tragic accident or are there suggestions that something more sinister is behind the crash? The cause of the crash itself is yet to be determined. I mean, the Australian Transport Safety Bureau has released a preliminary report in which they said the engine didn't appear to have any defects and made some other observations. However, the cause of the crash has not yet been determined or revealed. So there's certainly no suggestions that there's anything sinister about the crash itself. But what is under scrutiny is what happened between that downed chopper being discovered at 10.36am on February 28, and the ATSB investigators arriving at the crash site days later. Since late August, two of the men who attended that crash site have been arrested and charged with a long list of criminal offences in relation to the major crash investigation into the incident. So I mentioned before that Senior Northern Territory Police Officer Neil Mellon immediately flew out to the scene. He's been charged with dozens of offences, including making a false statement, the destruction of evidence and conspiracy to pervert the course of justice, which is a very serious offence. It carries a 15-year jail sentence. And they are all in relation to this major crash investigation. I also mentioned that Michael Burbage, who was one of the men on that crocodile egg-collecting mission, he has also now been charged with 
conspiracy to pervert the course of justice, which, as I mentioned, is a very serious offence, attempt to pervert the course of justice, destruction of evidence and providing a false statement in a statutory declaration. We understand that the Northern Territory Police investigation is still ongoing and it is possible that more charges will be laid. This story is constantly evolving, but is there anything we still don't know? Kristen, there's a lot that we still don't know. So, as I mentioned before, we're yet to learn the cause of the crash itself. The Northern Territory Safety Watchdog, NT WorkSafe, is also investigating to see if there was any negligence or safety issues that contributed to this crash. It's also yet to be revealed from the Northern Territory Police Criminal Investigation why some of these alleged offences were carried out. So, The Australian has previously revealed that Chris Wilson's mobile phone was allegedly removed from the scene and destroyed. We don't yet know if or why that occurred. We don't yet know why Neil Mellon and Michael Burbage have been charged with tampering with evidence and destruction of evidence, making a false statement. We don't know the motives behind those alleged offences. And why did some of the people who attended the scene allegedly conspire to pervert the course of justice? If they did do that, what were they trying to cover up? And where does this story go from here? Well, this story has a long way to play out. I mean, the web of people inextricably linked now to this chopper crash is widening with every court mention as witnesses and persons of interest are laid bare in court. There will be another court mention tomorrow on Wednesday. Neil Mellon is back in court and Michael Burbage will be back in court later this month on November 23. So I guess we will see how this unfolds from there. Kristen Shorten is an investigative journalist with The Australian. You can follow her reporting on this incident as well as rolling coverage and analysis of election returns at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.